0: Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rubbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Or um, offload... And then get back up to go make the next breakdown or to the next play. How quickly they can do that has a massive effect on the team.
0: Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife when we cut to the root of the matter in this episode we speak to phil greening sevens coach for the u.s men's and women's rugby and founder of the athlete factory focusing on building better rugby players we're going to cut to the root on how to coach collision fitness phil are you ready for the knife yes i am what the hell is collision fitness
1: well collision fitness is probably bridging the the gap between the gym and the field so we're trying to what we created was a, a series of exercises and uh, methodology to take the most hardest part of the game and the most demanded part of the game, and build robust players on that to get better at that skill. It's a it's a conditioning side of the game that is not really looked at so much. So you know, it, it takes a lot of aspects mentally and physically into consideration when you when you're doing this sort of training. And so just going back to so
0: you said mentally. So uh, you're not just getting stronger, more powerful athletes, you're mentally preparing them.
1: Well, yeah, because when you get into collisions, there's a anxiety, there's fear, there's all these other things in, that come into the aspect of that that conditioning session that you have to develop, you know, the, the little voice in your head telling you to stop or not do it again. You know, you've got to fight that because you know it, it's it's a maximum effort. There is no middle sort of ground. It's on or off, and and it's maximum effort that's uh, that, that we need to develop because the most demanding part of the game um, is the repeated high intensity efforts, and that's what we're trying to replicate.
0: Now, I'm a bit, I'm interested to. Think a bit more about the word fear. So are we saying that every player goes onto the pitch with some fear?
1: Well, no, but there is a, I'm not saying that, but like there is a, a fear of the collision, the fear of the, the scale of getting up and down. You, your body will take on that sort of right. aspect uh, neurologically, you know, so it's um it is part of it, you know, and it is that, the anxiety of the collision, the, the reps, you know,
0: all that is a demanding part of it. So, talking about reps, what what do you mean by that?
1: Well, it might be you know there's the collision fitness, you know the whole thing is part part of this. So you got you got floor collisions. So getting up and down off the floor is is taxing. You know, there's that part of it. There's the rest. So why so
0: why is that taxing? Uh, and I sense that lots of uh, coaches will be thinking that's not something that they work on.
1: Well, it, it, this is actually this is the missing ingredient because people can run all day, and uh, you know it's it's been shown, and especially the, the teams I've worked under or, or researched, you know. You can run all day and that takes a certain energy system and neuro-demanding on on your body. But um, when you get off the floor and using more muscle groups, the heart rate goes up, you know, it's more demanding to get down and up off the floor to hit a collision. You know, it takes a whole muscle group and and your nervous system gets challenged in a different way uh, than it does just running, you know, constantly at the same same,
0: um, vertical plane. So for a player to practice getting off the floor, my assumption is you just spend a lot of time falling down and getting back off the ground. Is, is, that, is that right?
1: If you look at you look at the game now, you know, back in the game, we call it, and we judge that, you know, on our data that we collect from players. You know, the speed of them being able to make a tackle and get back up on the floor and get back in the defensive system or, or offload and then get back up to go make the next breakdown or to the next play. How quickly they can do that has a massive effect effect on the team and then that's a ripple effect across the team if everyone is under you know look at the sevens we're trying to get them under two seconds to be down and up and then back in the game back in the system
0: um sorry so when you measure that then i mean obviously uh grassroots coach aren't measuring exactly two seconds but it's it's, what does that look like so a, a player makes a tackle
1: yeah, makes a tackle, and then then it's about how hey, quickly he can transfer his body weight and the movement and of his body. Um, you know, to understand how to get up and get out onto back to his feet quicker. So we work a lot of ground agility drills. Um, you yeah, know, we, we've we t- I've took this from from wrestling, from you know, all different sports where you know you can build that in to make you more efficient to get off the floor and back into the game, and that's a huge. So if you
0: if you, so, uh, we've got a coaches listening in now and. Uh they know that they want their players to get back into the game. Got so some easy takeaways for a player who's just made a tackle to get back in the game. Where you say, "Well, number one, always do this."
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of it. We, we I work on on the outside legs and arms so if you imagine if I've made a tackle here if I use this arm to whip it round and my outside leg does the same that brings my hips back around I can lift myself off the floor and I can get myself up really quickly so it's, it's understanding that momentum and the technique and the little details that can help your body do that and you know that's a, a big part that we we do constantly in warm-ups you know it can be fun parts you know there's fun parts of it the, the, you know, slaps and taps we do it's all about footwork and lunging and, and moving you know, so them, little,
0: uh, slaps and taps I think I know what that means but what does that is that where you are grabbing the other hands of the other player and you're trying to yeah and his ankles and
1: you're disappearing yeah. you're dipping under all these little movement stuff on the floor and then getting down and up with it and grappling you know the wrestling aspect but you know all this is part of our game that is Sort of missed, but it's also what it does is actually build a more robust athlete. It's injury, injury prevention because you're doing more movement, you're using more muscle groups, you're putting your know, bones sorry your, your joints through different ranges all the time. And but also the range and the movement we do in that is part of the game. So the body is primed for it, and that's more of a prehab than a, a useful prehab than anything
0: else. In a, in a game on sevens, uh, which you are working with predominantly at the moment, uh, that's 40 minutes of very high intensity work. Now, if a, if a player makes a tackle in the first minute of the game, would you expect them to have the same... Get back into the game time as in the 14th minute of the game.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we look at, you know, when, when we're training, and you could do this at, at grassroots level. You know, ball in place is, is everything. You could probably get that at a grassroots level just from watching your game or, or someone on the clock, you know, t- timing it. And we usually try and train 30% above the game. So, you know, we always try and train for the highest you know, demanding part of the game. So, you know, ball in play with sevens is probably eight or nine minutes, you know, so we'll work at 10, 11, 12 minute sessions, you know, looking at blocks of that. And replicate that. Um, so no different. You know, if you take 15s, you know the, the Premiership game is probably about 34, 36 minutes. If that ball in play, so you know your session should be adjusted to that. So people can do that. You know, and, and it's about building your program and your sessions to to replicate the most demanding part of the game.
0: Now, uh, obviously, I'm asking you a question which you weren't necessarily prep for, but you might know this. How many times has the player hit the floor in the game? Uh, within sevens. Well, it's in, in,
1: in, so on average, if I'm playing oh, a game of rugby, because uh, I'm thinking I did, I, in a, a training session. Yeah, me and Craig White, we did a study um, of the European Cup, well, when it was called that, uh, with 15s, and I, I have got that of different positions, you know, and the overall high speed meters they do, and, and interestingly, the nine and the seven are the two biggest, uh, you know, the volumes of, of workload, be on the floor. And then you look at the front row and the, the second rows, you know, their they're high, they're high speed or the fastest they ever traveled was no more than 10 meters. So why do you, why do you do all these running programs for that? But what they did do was a lot of grappling, get off the floor, a lot of wrestling, think of the scrums, the line outlifts, tackles, rucks, moors, all that has, is part of a massive demanding part of the game that actually we don't really train as much, you know, say say like pre-season for a junior club or any club, everyone wants to go out and run, you know but why are these props doing 4k runs and you know all these sprint well actually what they needed to be good at is really good at the the close quarter combat conditioning
0: now we're we're talking quite position specific here to what extent would you have a general program for everybody and how much would you i mean just uh, taking off your uh your sevens cap for the moment and thinking would you would you spend more time, say props, you're going to be doing this because this is more likely to happen in the game, or would you be more generalized?
1: You know, I think you've got to have a foundation, you know, you've got to have a, a running volume and a, and a running capacity 100%. But then after that, you know, I would specialize, yeah, definitely. You look at props and, and second rows, back rows, you know, the back row and the, you know, need to be in the centers, need to be high. You know, I, I look at, you know, forwards really need to be combat athletes mm. and backs need to be. Collision sprinters, uh, and they're the two I, I'd sort of look at. Collision but, sprinters, well, as in, like you know, they have to be high speed, flat out constantly, but they have to do the the collisions of the breakdown, the tackles, so they still have to be. But that their, their distance would be longer and faster, and with collisions, and then the forwards would be shorter distance but more collisions and i build the programs around that and it's no different what we do in the sevens and this is where you know the it's interesting over the years we when we've implemented this um i remember one year we didn't we didn't do any running at all we did a lot of collision fitness and and, and combat fitness and that, and that is a combination of shuttles and, and collisions but we didn't really do any long distance running but you know our boys when we did the yo-yo which is a, a world-renowned uh fitness test you know our boys were completing it you know easily with eight, any long distance running and, and training running wise, they got their their response, their physiological response from the combat running, the short shuttles, and the repeated efforts. And that's the, our game. Our game is massively built on high um, repeated high intensity efforts, and it's no different to rugby league or, or even Aussie rules. You know, it's a massive you know volume of running in Aussie rules. but There's a lot of repeated efforts, same as rugby league, same as rugby. So the repeated high intensity efforts is what you need to train. To, to to be successful. And, and there has been studies, you know, Tim Gabbitt, I'm a big big fan of Tim Gabbett. Yeah, um, He's a good good guy and a good mate. And, uh, you know, some of his studies show that the most successful teams are the ones you can have the high, repeated, high-intensity efforts. And that's just the way it is. Collisions,
0: given uh, everything we're talking about at the moment uh, in terms of HIA and mm-hmm. tackle height and that sort of thing, in, in training, some people might imagine collision fitness is lots of collisions. You're suggesting it's not necessarily just the collisions how how does it- so talk me through what a collision means in collision fitness because it's not literally someone smashing into somebody else.
1: Oh, God, no, God, we, we hardly do any body on body. You know, the right. body on body
0: is, is pretty much, um,
1: you know, any wrestling or grappling, and that's all close quarters. There's no collision, but there's wrestling. You know, there's, you know, you look at the collision on the floor, collision on a pad, collision, you know, wrestling together, you know, all these things are, are, are collisions, you know, they're contact with the floor. Um, and that's the big aspect of it is is those, you yeah, I, I can hitting the floor as a contact because it's difficult to get down and up it is hard you, you people can run all day I remember Perry Baker fit as anything he completely you know you can run all day but then as soon as we brought down and up so, in or collisions gone his energy system just dropped mm-hmm. he couldn't do it you know and wh- I remember the conditioners at Wigan telling me about when they went to uh, Sydney and they went with the uh, Sydney Swans AFL team and they, they, they run half marathons every game and they can run all day and they did a fitness session with the running and then the AFL boys did some collision fitness with Wigan, and they blew up. They they couldn't couldn't do it. they were like, oh my god, this is so tough. And it's like it's because the energy system gets zapped. And you look at some of the, you know, the heart rate gets gets higher than any combat work than just running alone. You know, it's uh, it's a more of a stress on the body, and I think that's where you get the gains from it as well.
0: Let's try and re- replicate that then in on the pitch. So uh, things other than the wrestling uh, that we, we talked about, the, the down and ups. So it, it's pretty much what it says on the tin. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's not rocket right? science. They're very simple and it's, um, you know, it's
0: it's very creative as well.
1: You can look at parts of the game and it's just... Well, do, just tell me effort. what a
0: down and up is then. No, I, I think I up, it, is.
1: it could be as simple as dropping to the front, you know, onto your chest... Touch your bum, so you have got no, so you're not in a press up position. All your body's dead on the floor. Then you get right, up, okay. I like that. So you,
0: you, you actually have to touch your bum, so you don't land with your hands ready to. Well, pass, then, then you're in a press
1: up, and you're ready to go. You've got to yeah. lose your body weight to get back up. Right. Um, yeah. that, or we do something called the half moons, which is a bit like a tackle. So you, you'll land on the on the pad, all body weight on the pad, spin and get into a jackal position, mm. and then repeat that. So you might repeat that for thirty seconds, which is really tough. Thirty seconds off go again. It might be bag flips. It could be as simple as make a tackle on a tackle bag, bin, lift it up, go again and just do that for 30 seconds. It's as simple as that but it's so um, exhausting on the body and as I say, it just uses a different energy system and, and it's, it's an important part of our game really, the double efforts, so, or you know, with the sevens, we, we do a lot of, um, what we're doing currently might be if we're working on uh, an attacking uh, aspect of the game. It might be clear uh, a pad off, off a ball. It then might go uh, sprint five metres, get a ball, carry into a pad, present, sprint back, play a ball away. That's three efforts really mm. quickly. That's it. That's your repeated effort. Then you rest, go again, and we, we do banks of this, sets of that. So it's it's that repeated high-intensity effort which
0: makes a big difference. And ruck pads are, and tackle pads and tackle bags are still a useful aspect of this.
1: Oh huge. Yeah. I mean even like um you know there's one we with wrestling you can you can put a band around a tackle cylinder um, mm. and I'll hold the cylinder and you Dan get on the pad like you're wrestling there and trying to keep it up or drive it forward and use bands and ropes. All this sort of thing can be brought into it because it's part of the game that you can you can take and be really creative and then pull it into the methodology of the of the of the times. And the key to it all is is trying to keep the times that the intensity and the max effort stays so as soon as anyone starts dropping off say you want them to do it for 15 seconds but they start dropping off it's important that you cut it so you cut them at 10 because it's the maximum effort that you have what you don't want is that middle ground or someone flagging off that they can't keep the intensity up. You're better so, off. So,
0: so what you're, you're saying is that we're, we're running the exercise, and you notice our uh, so right, 15 seconds. You're looking at the watch, looking at the players after 10 seconds, they, they yeah. stop. So, you say, Right, we're going to row it for 10 seconds now,
1: yeah, and we'll drop them because you want their intensity to stay up. And then you just add a couple more reps. So, instead of trying to go right. on that, they're dropping off their performance in intensity, you want to keep them there. And then we'll do a couple more reps to get the same volume and the same density. What ah, want right, okay. But what you want from the player is them to, to go maximum effort. You know, you, you don't want them slowing up and, and going to the middle ground. And, you know, it's a lot of eyeball stuff, you know, it's a lot of seeing players and you give them rewards. Like you go hard this next rep, lads, I'll cut it, you know, or if you go hard early, I'll cut it, you know, and, and then you just add a couple more reps on. So you get the overall
0: volume, but you get the intensity that you need to grow. I'm just doing a bit of mental maths. Yeah. Uh, so you could do uh, six... Uh, four times 15 seconds, which would be one yeah. minute over um, a period of time. Yeah. Or you could do six times 10. And yep. six times 10 might be better than four times 15. Yeah, because because you don't want them
1: to, you want that intensity. You know, you need the intensity. Otherwise, you won't get the the, the responses you need and the adaptation. And, um, you know, we, we do that. We do a lot between our skills or, or between our cup, rugby as well. So we might drop down. We might plan the session that we do, you know, a, a handling drill, into three minutes of of combat conditioning, into some attack drill, combat, and we build it like that. So they're getting a stimulus into under fatigue, into a stimulus into fatigue, and and we build it that way.
0: And just quickly, just to finish off, if I was running, so I'm I'm now going to go down to uh, the training session. My players are delighted that I've spoken to you because they're going to have the hardest session. Yeah, I'm going to run say six reps of ten seconds. How much rest will I give them between? It's usually one for one. Yeah. So, you know,
1: 10 seconds on, 10 seconds off, and you, you do that in partners, So you know, especially with bag flips or half moons. It's a really easy, you know, limited, limited kit. You don't need much kit, but it's, it's, it's a massive part of our game that that's uh, is, well, was overlooked, but now a lot of the league teams do, do train like this, you know, and it's, uh, it's a big part of it.
0: Well, I can certainly work out what collision fitness is and it's extremely accessible and, uh, it seems, it seems foolish not to be spending more time doing it. So Phil, that's brilliant. So Phil is a former England national tour with the British Lions in 2001. After retiring, worked in corporate finance at the same time as coaching England sevens before he moved back into full-time high-performance coaching. His philosophy is building robust, hardworking, creative, uh, open and challenging environments to help players succeed individually and collectively. If you want to contact him, uh go to philgreeningcoaching.com and the athletefactory.co.uk. So we're going to finish with uh some questions. Phil, how old are you? I'm 47. 47. And he's yeah. pleased about that. Uh what coaching book is by your bedside?
1: Uh from uh, my, my latest one is actually a good friend of mine, Alison McCall,
0: and it's uh Habits, Habits of
1: the Champion. Habits, of a habits, that a champion, sorry, yeah. habits
0: that make a champion. Sorry, habits that make a champion. Uh, which coach teacher are you loving at the moment? Um, I'm, I've been in,
1: in for him for a while. Uh, uh, Andrew Huberman and and his podcast. He's a neuroscientist from from uh, Dartmouth, uh, Dartmouth. No, uh, UCLA. One, one of the
0: universities in the states. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> right. he's just fantastic. Yeah. OK, uh, which team sports subject would you love to coach at the moment?
1: I think I'd like to uh, I'd do a bit of rugby league, if I'm honest. I'm quite, enjoy- I've, I'm quite enjoying a bit of league. I've, I've been in, been in the, the circle of Wigan coaches and players for, for a while, seeing what they do, and uh, it's actually quite, quite a cool environment to be in. So I would like to go with that. OK, <laughs> who's inspired you most? Two people. One Gatlin's been a massive in- influence on my on my career, hugely. It is, And uh, Craig White, who's a world renowned SNC guy, he's my mentor and a good friend. And so them two have been a real big influence on me. And 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 finally my, my co-coach at USA, Mike Friday, who okay. he's probably one of the most cleverest <laughs> blokes I know,
0: I think. <laughs> okay. And what would you tell your twenty-year-old self to do more of?
1: I, I would Take care of yourself, prioritise yourself. You know, one thing I've learned over you know, the different learnings I've done and, and courses or, or CBDs, where it is, is to look after ourselves first. And, you know, I've got my own routine every day that I have to, I need to do now, just for my own mental and mental, physical well-being. But I'd prioritise that and make sure that I'd put myself first and, uh, and, and prioritise more, really. Okay,
0: great, Phil. Really enjoyed that. Thanks very much. Pleasure, Dan.